Each week at Idler Drinks, I give a little talk. This week, our guest, Nick Hayes, was speaking about land access, trespass, and the commons, which set me thinking about the spiritual commons. Let's hear from you, Mark. Mark, how are you? I'm well, thank you very much. Working hard yes. on my Blake course, of course. Excellent. There's going to be a little bit of Blake coming up shortly, actually. Um, as regulars will know, um, we love. Um, but um, my p- great powers of intuition tell me that Nick and Tom are going to be talking about trespass, amongst other things, this evening. And so I wonder whether they might touch on the related issue of the commons and the enclosures and all that. And so when I was thinking about this evening, it set my mind on what I think of as a related matter, but something that I increasingly feel is really crucial for us now, actually, which which is what is sometimes, not often, but I hope maybe more frequently, will come to be called the spiritual commons. The spiritual commons, because I think the spiritual commons are increasingly being closed in the modern world, and this is demeaning to our humanity as well. So the commons, as is normally used, the word, are those shared resources that, well, traditionally nobody in particular owns. So it's land and it's forests. It's also things like water and minerals and so on, the things that get enclosed and then sold back to us. But the spiritual commons, then, the thing that I get concerned about, are those things that nobody owns, which belong to us all, um, but which are, you might say, a product of life itself that everybody has. So it's the non-material aspects of life in sort of balance with the material aspects of life that bring meaning and purpose. So it's appreciation of what's good, beautiful and true as well as being able to enjoy beautiful landscapes, say. Um, It's the freedom that enables one to orientate one's life around the things that are good, beautiful and true. The complement to the freedom to actually step onto the land that's beautiful, say. Um, It's the love that wants to do these things. It's the recognition, you might say, that at heart, life is a gift and it's given to us all regardless, in fact, of even whether we're good or bad. That's how radically given life is. So this is kind of the the inner complement of the outer commons, the spiritual commons, which we have to learn to appreciate too as well. You know, we have to practice things like imagination. We have to practice things like delighting even, so that doesn't just become another form of consumption, it becomes a type of contemplation. Um, So this is about practical wisdom as well, how to live well, how to thrive, how to value things without automatically exploiting them. There are many of the things which we often celebrate at the idler, of course. So the spiritual commons is about what's implicit rather than what's measurable, you might say. Um, It's about valuing what's felt within us, as well as knowing what is external to us and that we can touch and feel more directly. It's the, the awareness that the whole of life, not just what's going on inside my head and then what's going on inside your head, has an inner life. And I think that that's one of the ways in which the spiritual commons is taken from us, because it's denied 
implicitly and explicitly in all sorts of ways in a modern materialistic culture that these radically interior things that don't have a tangible measure but when we have them completely transform our life that denial goes on all day every day it goes on partly because we become such a utilitarian culture and so that which doesn't have any utility gets excluded um, we forget what it means to say that things are good in themselves that things can have absolutely no purpose and no reason and yet give all purpose and meaning to our life again something that we talk about a lot at the idler um, in brackets i actually think it's what the monarchy what the queen stands for at her best um, I partly said that because in the new Eigler magazine, which uh, I can plug now because um, Victoria didn't earlier on, um, what she stands for, what they can stand for, the royal family, which is in a way why it's so offensive when members of the royal family use that privilege to other ends, notably to kind of gratify themselves. Um, today, then, this spiritual commons gets taken away from us. I'm mean, just this morning when I was thinking about this, I was looking for my newspaper. And one columnist told their readers in no uncertain terms that humans are irrelevant given the empty meaningless of the cosmos. That kind of materialistic assertion steals the spiritual commons from us if we believe it or follow it. Another columnist in the same newspaper said that we need only reason and science, the practical and the measurable. That's how we should make decisions in life. Well, if you lived a life like that, the spiritual commons would be taken from you. Another again said that all we need in life is a powerful morality to decide, particularly say whether abortion is true or false, given the news headlines. And this is true in part, the moral does matter. But the true reason I think why the moral matters is not to govern life, to tell you you can have this and can't have that. The true reason is because morality opens us onto the spiritual commons. It's the virtues that enable us to tune into life. And whether or not we behave well or not is a kind of secondary issue. You know, someone's generous, they know that life is a gift and so can give it on. If someone's civil to you, they recognize that not only they have a soul, but you have a soul that it's worth respecting. If someone's courageous, they see that there's more that's worth seeking in life. And so taking a risk, having the courage to seek that. Now, to bring it back to the commons, which I guess Tom and Nick might talk about, I think it's no coincidence that the romantic poets in particular very naturally link the spiritual commons with the commons of the land. They look at the landscape, they look at rivers, they look at mountains and see far more than just the material manifestation of land and river and mountain and sky. And Blake, William Blake, clearly is onto this just to have one quick Blake quote now the quote where he says how do you know that every bird that cuts the airy way is an immense world of delight closed by your senses five he means that if you only look at it as an empirical object the bird flying through the sky all you come up with is a dead story of evolution about how it's struggling to survive and you miss that it's an immense world of delight an expression of the spiritual commons as much as anything else. So look, I hope that some of this connects with what Nick senses and why he feels these things are so important that he's writing about. Um, we'll wait and see. Um, 
I know Tom will feign that he hasn't under sing, understood a single word that I said, um, but I think perhaps he does understand more. Um, but look, I put it to you. We need to value the spiritual commons as much as the other commons. But Tom, I'll hand over to you and see whether you buy that at all. Thanks, Mark. And that is a, a very profound point because what you've just given us is a lovely defence of um, you know, a, a romantic attitude to life as opposed to the utilitarian one uh, that dominates today in, in politics, business and everywhere.